Welcome to the GMS Podcast, brought to you by GMS Distribution. GMS specializes in temporary portable power distribution equipment for the restoration contractor. I am your host and owner of GMS, Jared Steer, and today I will be talking to my friends. Hey, there we go, and we're, we're recording. I have a special guest here with me today, Mike Fritch from the Northeast Innovation Center, which is, uh, Mike, you were my business coach when I started my business. Yeah, I was. Yeah, how are you doing? Hey, you know, I'm busy. It's a busy time right now for people who are helping companies, and that's sure. what we do. So, yeah. I bet there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of shifting right now in, in figuring out how to, how to maintain or even do business a little differently at this time. Oh, sure. You know, we have... Oh, probably 50 or more companies that we help um, that are resident here. Or we help on an ongoing basis, but but there are uh, over a thousand that we help in a year that are just ones that, that are out there and just need specific help or have an idea and they're starting up. So it's, it's busy and busier right now just because, uh, well, COVID is a big right. thing and everybody wants to know, okay, First of all, how do I get any government help? <laughs> and then secondly, you know, do I still have a business? What are I, where do I go with this? What's, you know, what right. are the, how do I work within the disease parameters, you know, if I've got um let's say a business that gets out and works with the public a lot. Yep. You know, what do I have to do differently? How long is this going to last? Is this forever? Um do I need to change my business something else all those kind of things sure we've done a lot in the last three months and just changing how we operate and creating a lot of programs to um, help people that are um, of course not even physically located here yeah so well that's so I didn't even think about any when when we first started the or when I wanted to do the podcast with you um I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking of the immediate things that you're doing right now to help businesses with everything go, that's going on. I was kind of thinking of, of kind of our conversation and what you've done in general in the building and, and this place. This place is, is pretty amazing. I want to talk about that too. But, um, yeah, now I just have a bunch of questions about what, what's going on with, with COVID in businesses <laughs> right now. But I think we'll start out. Um, why don't you do a, a brief background, a little history on yourself, introduce yourself, and then uh, and then we can kind of go from there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as you said, my name is Mike Fritch. And, um, my, every time I talk about myself, my wife used to come over next to me and do a circle above my head like, it's all about Mike, it's all about Mike. So... <laughs> This time it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, you know, I I was born in Germany a long time ago and moved here when I was four years old into Fort Wayne and stayed here my whole life. Um, got my de- couple degrees here from uh, Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, which is now Purdue, Fort Wayne, and um, have worked in companies here. Um Got a degree in electrical engineering technology is one of them, and that got me a job at ITT Aerospace over here in Fort Wayne, building weather satellites and building parts for the space telescope that's up there. So that was kind of cool stuff. That is cool. But, you know, it didn't take long um, for me to 
kind of get the entrepreneurial bug myself. And that's, I think, really because my dad um, started his own company, and I worked for him doing stuff, and I really liked it. And so I worked at ITT for just a year after graduation and then um, decided to leave with a couple other people who were starting a, a software company. Okay. Um, and this was... Oh, gosh, um, maybe 37 years ago. <laughs> so a software company 37 years ago was pretty progressive. But, you know, I was, uh, I believe, employee number five, and we uh, together just did embedded software, which was software inside of equipment. So um, like inside cars, trucks, all those kind of things. And Okay. Um, so... You know, I worked there for like 17 years and was president most of the time, um, leading the company, and then um, left to start another company. Um, this was, um, oh, geez, almost uh, 18 years ago now. So um, I started a company called Zoom Information Systems with a partner, and we got a big grant from the government and also did a lot of software for transportation Okay. Industry for government, and it's <laughs> pretty complicated. But uh, uh, that company, actually, both those companies still exist today. Um, and uh, seven and a half years ago, I believe it is. Um, well, I should go back farther. Uh, Twenty years ago, um, <laughs> as I was looking to start my company, uh, the second company. Um, uh, I got in a meeting with a, a guy named Dr. Miro, who I asked was asking about this grant opportunity to to get some money to start my company. And yeah, he said, "Yeah, that's a good idea. You should write that grant." And I was just about to leave, and Dr. Miro goes, "Hey, you know, we're starting this uh, a board to create a thing called the Northeast Indiana Innovation Center." I said, "It's going to be a business incubator. You ought to you ought to be on the board." So. So that was that little moment in history. That, that was how you got started here. Exactly. So, you know, I got on the board and then won the money for the grant. We started uh, a company and started it in the Innovation Center. So that's how I got really, you know, on both sides of the Innovation Center as a board member and as a company in here. Um, so we're running the company uh, inside the Innovation Center. And then seven and a half years ago, um, Carla Pan, the CEO and president, um, asked me if I wanted to work here as an entrepreneur in residence, which is somebody who coaches uh, companies and helps them along. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome, and I, I took him up on that, and um, that's what I'm doing today. Yeah. So, you know, so you ask about, you know, what does the Innovation Center do, and um, in the 20 years that we've been around – um, we've helped a lot of companies and in general what we do is we help companies start let's say an entrepreneur has an idea we help them figure out if something they should follow through on what do you do how do you get money how do you market how do you sell all those kind of things um, or we just help companies that are have been out there a little while and let's say they need help um, with whatever it is to go from here up to here to the next level that they want to get to. Oh, so that's where I came in. That's when I needed help. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, we are a, a 
what they call a community incubator, which means um, there some of them are a part of universities, but we're we're our own private nonprofit organization. So we have to also uh, raise our own money to keep going. It just we, I mean, we're a business just like anybody else, but we're nonprofit business, and um, so you know we make money by having people lease space inside of here that we help, or or by doing government grant programs to help um, entrepreneurs. And and we use all that money uh, to help people in Northeast Indiana. And actually, now we've really expanded our scope with a lot of our programs into Indiana and actually starting, you know, throughout the country. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, the Innovation Center, uh, this job is is so awesome um, because, you know, no day is like the next day. Um, you never know who's going to walk in and what kind of idea they're going to have. So sure. even, you know, you might have a Jared Steer walk in and say, I, I want to do this. And, <laughs> and you go, what? <laughs> and, then, and then he calls you years later and says, I want to do a podcast. Yeah. It's right. always new. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, we have had, um, I always think, you know, the, the crazier the idea, the better almost if, if, you know, somebody comes in and, but the first kind of thing I go through with people who are just coming in and says, I got this idea, you know, and some people think I, I'm, can, I can sell this idea for a lot of money. And I, you know, I really tell people that, you know, the idea is really not worth anything. You know, you can have the best idea in the world and who cares? It's the execution that really matters. I mean, you can take a bad idea and by executing well, you can make it a good idea. Yeah. But you can take a really good idea and screw it up fast, you know. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, a lot of people have this Shark Tank idea of entrepreneurship and they think that, um you know, I'm going to take this idea and tell somebody who's going to give me a million dollars and then I'm going to take that and build it and be famous and make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and that's, okay, maybe there's somebody like that somewhere. But, you know, usually it's years and years of really hard work. Right. And, and most people don't make it. Most people don't make a lot of money. Um, so I really get people to understand why they want to do it and, to make sure that this is an area that you really are going to be passionate about and like working in because um, odds are you're going to do it for a long time. And um, if you don't like it, um, you know, why are you doing it? Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, the, the motivation is important, I think, at the beginning. And, um, and if your motivation is to sell for a million dollars – find yeah. a new motivation well you can be motivated <laughs> that way you just have to understand that the odds of that happening are pretty small yeah now you know most entrepreneurs don't care what you say <laughs> and, and don't care about the odds um and and we i always encourage people not to listen to me i mean if you'll get advice from you know a lot of people your friends will say well that's don't don't quit your big money job and do this this is stupid and but if you really believe in it and you want to do it do it anyway yeah you know, 
So um, in the end, it's just your decision, and and you know you got to go with what your gut says. Right. Well, now the so the innovation center, the actual physical building, and we're in a we're in a very nice conference room today. Um, but I always, I mean, so I, I guess when I came here, I ended up getting an office, so I leased the space. And then we had weekly meetings. Um, but then I also had a lot of other resources available to me where I could, I had conference rooms and I had um, access to the kitchen and, and uh, I had access to staff also. And so I had a, a, lot of, a lot of support right here in the building every day uh, on top of our, our weekly meetings. And then you were always available even if I needed to, you know, get a hold of you when it was outside of our meeting time. So that was always nice. But this is the way the buildings are arranged, I mean, it's a, it's a campus here. I mean, it's a, it's a very nice facility, large buildings, a lot of space, a lot of different types of workspaces also, where I know that even in, uh, and I kind of let you go through the building and, and maybe the, the way that it, the way that it's arranged and set up and for the, you know, the purpose of that. But I know for me, when I was here, like I had my office, but I could always go into a common area. I could always find a desk or a couch, or I could find a, you know, use a conference room or, or anything like that. If I wanted to just do something a little different or go get a big whiteboard and, and brainstorm some ideas of how I was going to sell for a million dollars. Hasn't happened yet. I haven't, I haven't had that million dollar offer yet. Um, but yeah, but but kind of talking about the building and the way it's situated. What kind of a, a who's who's here? Uh, what are the different workspaces, the types, and, and why does why does this building exist? You know, the advantage we had here is that this building was built specifically for entrepreneurs. So it it was built brand new um, on bare ground, and uh, we took the first five years of of our life at the Innovation Center, um, living in a donated building, basically. Uh, okay. And in that five years, we raised the money to build the nice place over here. So, you know, it was designed specifically, and there's two buildings. The first one that was built uh, is really what we call the incubator building, uh, and it has uh, several size offices, really just two size offices, um, a module size office where you can get six or seven people in it. And then there's a door to the next office. If you kind of daisy chain it like a hotel room. Yeah. And so, you know, as your company grows, um, we can grow with you. And that's kind of part of the whole design um, is that you can come in on day one, sit down and start working because we provide the internet. You, um, the phone systems, the the desks, the chairs, the conference rooms, you know, yeah. everything you need to, to get going. We even have workout center in here. <laughs> yes, I forgot to mention that. that was, yeah. I love the workout center. Yeah, you know, in a, in a business center with um, the printers and, and things. So, you know, we tried to take all the obstacles out of, of the physical space. And yet, what's really important in the physical space is that, co-working aspect the networking aspect of you and the other companies in here um, and the ability for you to learn a lot to have people say hey we could work together on this project or you know you're doing software while well, I'm doing this medical thing what if we work together and created something that 
Yeah. Neither of us thought of in the first place. And that's a lot of what the benefit of working here. Um, so we have, you know, in the, I'll just talk about the incubator building first. Um, there's small offices, one to two person offices. Like you said, what used That's what I had, yep. When you came. And um, that's how a lot of people start. Um, and then as they grow, um, they can move for no charge up to a bigger office, um, just pay the, the bigger rent fee, right? Um, and then, of course, we also have um, a lot of staff here uh, to assist in different things, whether it's coaching and all that. And that comes with an office lease also. Yep. The, in the incubator building, there's really two sides to it. The one wing is more biomedical-oriented, uh, it has some lab space, wet lab space, so that, you know, if you're you're doing that kind of medical or biomedical research, um, that can be done here, and there's not a lot of that around. Um, now, that side I've never, I haven't been able to go over, or I've, I haven't seen that side, because that's, um, like, you have to have special access to go to that wing. Is that correct? Am I remembering that right? We do, yeah, they are, the two wings are um, access control just because, you know, a lot of companies, when they start, they're very concerned about intellectual property and right. people not right. knowing what they're doing. So, you know, that that controls access at least to the two wings. So what? So on that side of the wing, because I haven't been over there, so that's one side that I don't even know, I don't really know that much about. So what are they doing on that side? Like, what's the, like, I guess, um, what, do, what do you, what is the Innovation Center able to offer and provide an entrepreneur going into that space that, that's very unique. Yeah, well, first of all, um, some incubators are designed specifically for biomedical companies. Some are just for software companies. Some are just for, let's say, ag companies or or whatever, you know, you pick your focus. Um, but you have to be oriented toward what you get in your community, right? You, you can't create a uh, an incubator for biomedical companies if there aren't any here, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, it's right. just hard to start, right? So we are what we call a mixed-use incubator, and um, which means that we created some for biomedical because, you know, Indiana is a pretty big um, biomedical state. There's it it of, is. Well, is it Warsaw, Warsaw Capital? For orthopedics, yeah. right? And there's a yeah. lot of great uh, research uh, universities here in the health side, you know, Indiana, Purdue, Notre Dame, um, and others, but, uh, yeah. and healthcare systems such as Parkview Health here in Fort Wayne. So um, that's a big area of, of potential companies. The other side, which we, is more mixed use, but there's a lot of, tends to be a lot of technology software companies in there too. Okay. Um, and, so, you know, on the biomedical side, um, there's a common area where they have cold, colder, coldest storage units, you know, ones that go down to minus 85 that degrees that you can oh, store wow. biomedical uh, stuff. Biomedical <laughs> stuff. stuff. <laughs> uh, um, and, um, you know, we've had companies in here doing orthopedics uh, research. We have companies that do wound care for horses and other animals and then trying to expand out in the um, human market and companies doing ag research for, for like uh, um, corn and, and other things. And Okay. Um, so a, quite a mix, a big, there's a big variety of things going on here. 
Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we've had companies that are taking business models for like training nurses and turning it upside down and on how they do things rather than charging the students. They charge the facilities that they're going to go to and the students can get in and get trained for free and have a guaranteed job when they come out. So, well, that's cool. you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes innovation uh, is not about a new product, but it could be about a new business model, how you get it out there or how you charge for it or, or how you sell it. Those kind of things. Yeah. So then the building that we're, so that's the, I guess the first, the main building or first building, that's the building that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's the, what's the main purposes then of, of the building that we're in today? Yeah. The second building, which was built five years after the first one, uh, is called the Emerging Growth Center. And uh, it's a great name because what, what you would naturally think is that, you know, as companies grow and become successful, uh, they need more space. And so this building has larger spaces. You have your own front door, and it's for really companies that are getting more mature. Um, And every company over there right now was started by one or two people in the original incubator building, and they grew to a successful company over here, which is really uh, wonderful to see. They still like being in this environment they still um sometimes need our help sometimes they don't they say i'm good i just want to be here uh so it's it's just great to keep them here keep them in this environment um and keep them in the network and what i call co-working of companies working together yeah so when we're talking about a company growing so we're talking about one or two people starting um and then i i guess the range of of What's the maximum capacity for kind of a company over here, employee or size? Once they once they come over here, how have you seen, you know, from one or two people to fifty, a hundred? Where? Well, the max I think uh, there's there's one space over here that's uh, almost ten thousand square feet. It's the largest space over here. Okay, you can get um, maybe fifty employees over there. Actually, that's pretty. That's um, big. And they yeah, had that's very 50 big. Employees at one time. Um, and um, the, the what I call smaller square foot spaces, which are 2,500 to maybe 3,000 square foot spaces over there. Okay. You know, they have about 25, 26 employees. They're pretty squished in there, but, <laughs> but they're happy. You know, um, it's interesting how um, the, the cubicle spaces that we have here are, are pretty varied because it used to be, uh, 20 years ago people like these four foot high walled cubes and they all did their little things and yeah you know and then it kind of migrated to to where everybody likes to work together um the like low, open concept low wall, the open concept yeah um you know now we'll see um i think there's maybe a little shift back to the more segmented spaces especially with covid again you know yeah um and and you know uh, we're the connectivity is very important because there are people now working from home mm-hmm. uh, and working as a hybrid from home to here. You know, one of the things that we're really starting to push now too is the fact that there is even some larger companies, mid-sized companies who who started people working at home and I think are just going to leave them there. <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, as as a I mean it's working for them and they can 
do it more inexpensively. Yep. And the fact that the Nick could be um, a gathering place uh, for those employees with all our kind of large conference rooms. We have 11 conference rooms and right. uh, that the people that are here can use for free that they can have seminars, they can have uh, employee meetings uh, or or whatever um, for a really nice place-based um, to go. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's, a, I think it's awesome. It's one of the reasons I really like being here. I mean, all the support that I was able to get as a small company. Now I haven't been able to, you know, take advantage of anything, 25, 50 employees, but that you guys are also able to facilitate that and facilitate that growth and support it. Um, I mean, it's just one of the things that makes the innovation center really unique at actually growing growing large companies starting from an idea and you can pretty much take it as far as you want and and it's all right here it's all right here for you yeah um <laughs> you would as you started you know you kind of said there's probably been a lot of interesting companies here and i've what's probably um made me the most surprised over let's say the seven and a half years that i've been here is really the variety of companies and uh the types of companies that that have started here and that um that we work with and um you know i have to work with and help all of them my wife says my <laughs> main skill is acting like i know everything about everything <laughs> um, and sometimes i feel like that but it's you know uh, the, uh, the business principles no matter what kind of company it is are sure. still pretty much the same and and our concept is maybe a little different than what many people think starting a business is. And I mean, a lot of people think you, and even the entrepreneurs that come in, well, first thing I got to do is write a business plan and I'll take six months and do a lot of market research. And then and when I figured it out, then I start building a product yeah. or a service and then go out and do it and see how it works. Well, yeah, and that's the way people have done it for years and years. But, you know, modern entrepreneurship really... Um, it goes by more of the concept they call design thinking, which is, you know, find out before you start whether this is going to be successful or not, which is, you know, whether it's creating a minimum viable product, the first, first little prototype of what you're going to do and see if people will buy it or see what they think about it or whether it's just going, doing surveys, asking yeah. questions, going, talking to people, you know, getting it out there, because um, you learn a lot, um, and and really what you want to find out is all the problems and you that people are having in a particular industry. Because you may find out uh, that um, there's three bigger problems than what you thought of, and if you could integrate that into your product, it was going to be a bigger seller. And I know your product, Jared, was built on that very concept. That yes, exactly. Yeah, someone came to you with, "Hey, I've got this problem," you know. Can you help me fix it? Yeah. Right. And that's what really good, successful products and services are based on, you know, a real big problem that has a, um, can not only is it a problem, but you can solve it. You can solve it for a price point that people are willing to pay. Um, <laughs> yep. and, and I mean, cause sometimes people say, Hey, I, I created this, uh, uh, let's see. 
you know, I can't talk about really publicly well, a I know, lot of things. I know that. I've been able to solve, you know, on my workbench, I've been able to solve a lot of problems that no one will pay for. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Just, by the time you get to that finish line, it costs too much. And, and yeah, so the, I, I, I 100% understand what you're saying. So it's, it's like, what's the value proposition of this? Well, it's going to help people do this. Okay, what's it going to cost you to sell it, distribute it? Yeah. And all those things. And, and, People, I think, a lot of times forget almost the biggest roadblock to success is inertia. Uh, many times, it's 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 that you know, given even if something's better and a little better, you know, people are just you know what I've got too much to deal with. I don't want to do a new thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm and, guilty of that. And yeah. today's in today's world, you know, you know, there's a million apps, millions of apps, right? There's you know. Every, a lot of people come and say, I'm, well, I got this idea for an app. Well, how it's really hard to be successful with an app, you know, because there's so many out there. And if it's got to be really good and really have a following of people and, and the same thing with products, you know, if people have come in with better ideas for mops or for this, well, you know, <laughs> it's got to be sure really good. So, and I never want to... Um, dissuade people or discourage them from doing it because you never know like i said the idea is not the most important thing you can start with this and and come up with what does work um but people just need to understand that especially on a commercial consumer product it's not easy to be successful now if if we want to talk about specific products so i want to talk about things that we can talk about because i know there's some some businesses or things that have come through that we can't talk about but Maybe one that came into your office where you were like, this is a home run right now. And either it was successful or it was successful, but something that you were really able to get behind. And then the second one, a project that came in that you were like, I don't see how this is going to work. I don't understand it. But then it, it ended up really doing well. Do you have any any two stories like that that come to mind? <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it just interesting things that people wouldn't even think about. Like, I mean, one of the, I mean, we had a, a pig farmer came in, right? And we were working in that area of, you know, would people think that there's innovation in the pig breeding industry, Probably not, unless you're a pig farmer. You would think you just go feed them and sell them, and that's it. Okay. But, but there were a lot of of uh, a lot of things they do today, and and the whole um, and agriculture is the same. There's just an amazing amount of technology now that is in that, and so like in livestock breeding, um, you know, there's a whole <laughs> show pig industry show cow industry and it's kind of like uh state fair except at a professional level and oh okay read these breed animals you can sell i mean some of these animals sell for quarter million some have sold for a million dollars i mean it's animals yeah it's big money um and and the selling of the genetic material to make more of these you know um uh, all all of the animal like you know of course racehorses you know have have been doing that for a long time but 
you know, pigs, cows, and other things. So, you know, one of the surprises is just learning that almost in every industry, every um, genre of things out there, there is innovation that's possible and and you know marrying maybe a a concept that that is old <laughs> hundred years old with new technology and bringing disparate things together uh, to create an innovation um, is is something that's really kind of exciting and that's what we were doing with that and um, you know let's see <laughs> I I got there some of the ideas that people have that you know I just want to say you know it's not uh, in my head I'm thinking okay this is not going to work but yeah but you don't want to be discouraging right and again it it mostly depends on the entrepreneur themselves whether they can make it work in this because you know I'm telling you don't be married to your idea at the beginning because um, odds are first of all it's never going to be what you thought right. at the end. It's going to change. It's going to evolve, and it may be totally different. And at some point, you may say, "It's not. This is not worth it. I'm going to go pick a different thing." So, um, <laughs> I have had people come in with, uh, um, yeah. Um, basically, <laughs> I'm trying to dis- describe decide how to describe this without you know really giving away any confidences because i don't want to do that but okay okay in general i've had someone came in with what you could describe as a perpetual motion device you know you plug it in and it creates more energy than you put into it right okay yeah and this individual kind of said, you know, I've it, I invented it's work. It's going to change the world. And I, I said, yes, it would. Um, but it kind of goes against all the laws of physics. physics. So, um, but, you know, every big invention over time, somebody probably said that's never going to work. Right. I was told <laughs> I was told my stuff will never work. Yeah. yeah. So you get that all the time. And if you yeah. believe in it, you um, you do it. So we actually, you know, I connected him to some university professors and they looked it out and um, turns out it didn't quite it didn't work. But he had uh, came up with some things that were pretty interesting. So um, but uh, you got to leave yourself open for breakthrough stuff right you can't sure. oh sure and i do that all the time and so you know one of the things that that i do is a lot of connecting so if somebody comes in and says hey i've got this idea for this in this market i mean i've worked with we had a, have a student venture program here for quite a while and so the students have done amazing things and and some great ideas some of them were in like fashion merchandising which is not a skill of mine <laughs> you know so but well, I, I would but have I, to imagine you learn a lot about a lot of different industries depending on what walks in your door because you i mean you kind of have to dive into it research it to, to i mean to start coaching in that space so i mean you've got yeah you're i mean i look at you and i say fashion designer 
That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but again, you know, business <laughs> principles are business principles on how we. So I the the point is I connect them to somebody who is an expert, and we find you know there are people like in Fort Wayne who are pretty big fashion entrepreneurs, and so. And most of those people are willing to say, hey, can you come meet with this guy and tell him what you think? And, yeah. Um, well, I think we all think back and remember to somebody that did that for us. So it's, for me, I know it's easy to kind of pay that that kind of, or that type of action forward because I wouldn't be here if somebody didn't do it for me. Yeah, you know, and um, just in a, as an example, you know, one of the, one of our students, is, his idea was, you know, I'm a, I'm in a band. I want to I want to go record bands because I think, you know, most small bands don't have the money to do good demo CDs and Okay. And so that's what I want to do and I said, "Well, let's go. Let's say who who here in Fort Wayne is an expert in recording?" <laughs> I said, "Well, why don't we go over to Sweetwater and yeah. ask somebody and um, you know, and uh, Chuck Serac, the head of Sweetwater, uh pointed me to, you know, person that runs his studio and said why don't you meet with them and so he listened to the story and said you know here's the problem bands don't have any money so they're not going to be able to afford what you're trying to do so you're not going to make any money and once a band does become successful they just hire a production company to do it all and you won't get that business either and if i were you i would go into the business of churches because churches are the ones that need all the production help okay. and, all and stuff. So, so they, you know, we left the meeting and I said, well, what do you think? And he goes, yeah, that's good advice, but I really want to do bands. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, um, so that, I mean, that's the word <laughs> like that. Is well, let's say I, I kind of got similar advice. Now, I don't know if uh, the, the gentleman I talked with, because I, I went to Sweetwater also. We looked at our power distribution centers and we're, and we're like, oh, we, you know, concerts bands that kind of thing like they could they could use these and we went um and you actually you facilitated it mark hornsby is who we went over and talked with uh at that time and same same kind of advice where it was you know what the guy the guy that needs this is going to take his thousand dollars and spend it on a guitar not power distribution and by the time he becomes crazy successful to where he does need it then he's got people to build it for him and they're making their own custom and and so he kind of yeah showed showed me that they're i mean it was it was you know, priced you know, i won't say you priced yourself out of the market but yeah your 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 customer doesn't doesn't have the funds to afford the solution yeah and that was that was kind of what we where we had talked about and why i've always my product has always stayed focused in in water restoration you know your story with me, as I remember, um, you know, over a couple of years, you know, yeah. here. Um, but you know, a lot of what I do is not. Here's how you write a business plan. Here's how you do this little technical. Here's how you get funding. Here's how you do that. It's it's fifty percent the personal side of being an entrepreneur that people have problems, all kinds of problems that can derail their journey all the time. There are all kinds of, um, you know, people have, okay, you know, my wife lost her job. I'm having, 
issues with this. I'm having issues with that. Um, you know, my kid's a problem. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. you know, my wife. And, and probably the most interesting statement I hear, and and it's it's from guys, but okay. um, who are starting a company um, and who who quit their jobs or, you know, lost their job maybe and are starting a business. I've heard, I don't know how many times, they come in and say, okay, my wife says I have two more months to make money out of this or I have to go get a real job. Yeah. I mean, that's a, <laughs> it's yeah. funny, but, um, uh, you know, your spouse, and I go through that with people is that, you know, you really have to bring your spouse into the journey so they understand what this is all about. Yeah. You know, and when I, when I did it, I think I, I didn't do that very well. You know, I don't think my wife really still understands what I do, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, most of what I coach from is not what I know, but what I did wrong. <laughs> I had my businesses, I think. Just learn from those experiences. Well, I know I can, I mean, you're exactly right. When, I mean, I remember our relationship and when I came in and needed help, I mean, it was your coaching style was very similar to I mean, just exactly how you described it. You, you kind of, we kind of looked at problems and you kind of made sure you didn't really, yeah, write, write the specific, the plan or anything, but it was more just, okay, let's do this. But then, but like you said, let's make sure we don't get derailed. And you kind of, you were able to see some of the problems that were coming or even the problems that were, that were happening, find solutions for those. And so that we could stay on track. And, and I know the biggest one that you did for me, I mean, you were, I can I can honestly say, Mike. Without you, I wouldn't be here today. I, there wouldn't be a GMS. There wouldn't be a power box because when 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 I was working with you, that is when my wife was diagnosed with cancer and she got sick. And at that moment, I had just landed like large distribution, and I had I there was no possible way for me to spend the hours I needed to building product and shipping product and take care of my wife there it was it was impossible it was it was too stressful it was too much there wasn't enough time to do it and and honestly I didn't want to spend my time I needed to spend my time with her not spend my time building power boxes and shipping product right and uh, I don't know if you remember but the solution that we came up with we ended up finding a subcontractor that would basically took over all the production and and I remember sitting with you in that meeting we were talking you said you said I need you to write down the things in your business that only you can do, the things that only you can do, and write down everything else that you could either teach or someone else can do. And when we got done with that list, you said we need to find somebody that can, it was all the building. It was all the building. It was the shipping. It was someone else can do all of that. I already, I already had it figured out. Now it was just a matter of teaching it to someone else. Um, and without your guidance through that time, I can guarantee you, it would, my life would look very differently right now. Um, I wouldn't have been able to maneuver that situation and, and, uh, and spend the time that I needed to with my family when I needed to. So I've, I mean, that's mine and your story. I don't know if, if you even realized how much of an impact you had when you were doing it, but you know, kind of the way you describe your coaching style is exactly my, my story with you. And so you, yeah, you, you not only helped, you know, a business not get derailed, but you, you even helped in a bigger way that I was able to spend the time that I needed to with my family when 
when I needed yeah. to. Well, of course, I remember all that very well, and um, you, you, <laughs> you tend to be very um, close to people you coach because, I mean, it, it is you're helping them as a it's a part of their life, right? Yeah. Being an entrepreneur is their life, um, and it's it's really um, work life integration. I think how do you get the two to work together? And um, yeah, company from Cleveland, right? We got to, yeah, yeah, to, exactly uh, to build those and put them together and ship them and all those kind of things. And because um, I, you know, I end up being um, half of an accountability partner, right? I mean, yeah, yes. Some people said, I want to meet every week. Some people just said, I want to meet when I have a problem. Um, there are, uh, I think half the people that come in here says, I don't need any help. I know what I'm doing. I just love your, your offices and all the amenities. Yeah. But, um, sooner or later they come and say, Hey, <laughs> can you help with this? Can you help with that? I said, yep. Uh, so, it, <laughs> you know, I really, um, even though you say, you know, I really helped you through it, it was, it ends up being the entrepreneur. It was you that actually could handle that because a lot of people couldn't have handled, okay, even finding something else, uh, somebody that manufactured do it with all the things you went through. So, you know. <laughs> well, we made a good team through that then. Yeah, we exactly. were We were good. My wife wanted me to ask you, she goes, Ask Mike for a productivity hack. She wants a productivity hack. Well, you know, to me, and it's, and it's, I think personally it's different for every person, but to me, number one is focus. You know, how can you, first of all, prioritize what you have to get done and focus on it because there's so many distractions t in today's world. Oh yeah. Especially if you're just working on the computer, you're getting dings all the time with emails and text messages and Facebook posts and everything. Right. And there's so many things you have to do. Hey, can you send me this back? Well, okay. You know, to be able to push that aside and really focus on one thing at a time, I think is the biggest productivity advice I can give. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, um, sometimes you have to kind of figure out how you can, um, get yourself away from everything for a while. You know, uh, don't, <laughs> don't open up any of those things. Say, I'm going to spend the next hour on this. Um, so kind of setting a time, was, even a I time was, deadline and just, this is what I'm doing. I'm not. I'm not deviating from this focus for an hour, or whatever that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, it. A lot of times, it depends on what you're doing and who you are. What can help you with your productivity? Um, the other thing I think that uh, is a is good advice is that you know what kind of tasks are productive and what aren't. <laughs> And you, you may sound that may sound really stupid, but if you're if you're working on a business, you know there's a lot of things you can do that are just activities, and don't productively help you reach your goals. 
Yeah. So, you know, you really can't prioritize what's important unless you know where it is you're going and what things are going to help you get there. I mean, because there's a lot of people, you know, they go to, they'll go to meetings, they'll go to this networking meeting, or they'll go to this, join this group, do this, do this, do this. And it really doesn't help them get to where they want to go as much. And I'm not downplaying the importance of networking and anything. Sure. Kind of use an example that, you know, you have to have a goal in mind, know which are the things that are going to get you there, and then focus on them. Well, didn't we do uh, an exercise with this, like a four quadrant? Is that some? I'm trying to think. There was like like a, the four quadrants, and this task is important. This task is urgent. This task is, and you have to figure out which. Right. Do we do right. something? Yeah. I don't know. And um, tools like that can help you prioritize. You know which ones? Okay, yeah, I've got to do this one before next week, but it's not. Is this one's most important, and I want to make sure um, I make some progress on it. Okay, keep going. So just maintaining that focus throughout. Yep. I mean, I'm really bad. <laughs> I hate to say it, um, but if anybody knows me, I'm really bad at focusing. So um, here at the Innovation Center, they got a little sign and and said, "Mike, comma focus on it." You can see it sitting in my office now, uh, <laughs> just because because my job is uh, so many different things with so many different interruptions every day. And sure, um, you know, I find I'm the most productive when I can get away from say, okay, I gotta I gotta spend an hour writing this proposal, so I'm gonna get away from all the distractions for this hour, I'm, you know, or I'm going to get up at four o'clock this morning and spend an hour and a half working on this because nobody else is going to bother me. Yeah. No one's calling yet. Except for Carl. He'll send me. He'll Carl's send me up a, at 4 a.m. too. Well, he'll, he'll get up at uh, 5, 5, 5, 5, and, you know, by six, he's, you know, sending things. So um, that's, <laughs> you know, as long as you understand that. Oh, uh, well, kind of switching subjects. Um, I mean, I love all the work that you're doing here. I, I love the Innovation Center. It's definitely helped me, and we those are the things that we've talked about. But you have, I mean, there's the I, I know that I know that you make some trips to Germany, um, which those are always fun to talk to you about and see you know going overseas and and listening to those stories because you spend like a significant amount of time when you travel too. So it isn't you know, just like a a five-day trip like you're there for a substantial amount of time aren't you if i remember right a couple of weeks maybe sometimes yeah. i squeeze it into two and a half if it's over somewhere else and yeah um my boss carl always asked me about that yeah that's a long time <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but um well we got yeah, so we got I, we got those trips which i we, we could talk about those you're a new great grandpa. Congratulations! <laughs> Jeez. You're you're into that. Yeah, we were we were just talking yep. about that. Where my son just graduated, and I feel old, and you are a great grandpa. But I have to imagine that's gotta be such that's gotta be so much fun too. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, you know, there's nothing like family. I got four kids and eleven grandkids now, which is and as you said, it was just 
my new great grandfather. So yeah, um, that is, and I'm not that old. No, no, you're not. That's <laughs> I'll not. never be. That's that's the story. But um, uh, you know, it's a it's a. Um, there's nothing like family, right? And and uh, all of that, and you know, this past weekend we had. A birthday party we decided to have a birth one day we're having all the birthdays in one day and so all now, the kids, like, grandkids and everything came to our house is it like birthdays is there like enough birthdays in one month that you had them together or this is just every single person's birthday in one day we did the whole year the yeah. whole year, whole year <laughs> the whole one year day. in one day <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so that was fun um but yeah my wife and i like to travel and um sometimes we tie it into uh Thing, other things we do sometimes it's business sometimes it's my wife my wife is the athlete of the family I'm kind of like the coach so okay. she played softball for years and I was the coach of the women's softball team and okay um now she plays pickleball and I'm involved in that and you know she's also bowls you know she was women's city bowling champion in a couple of years and oh wow um, so every year she goes to the national bowling tournament with uh, five women and every once in a while I go along um and it's an annual trip yep is so, it the same place every time or is it different no they they rotate it around okay a lot of times it's in Reno or Vegas uh, but then there's you know next year it's in uh Chicago uh but uh you know this year it was in Vegas so we kind of planned a trip around that going to Utah and um dodging COVID bugs and uh, and spent some time up in the Sierra Nevada, so okay, that's fun. So she's still competitive bowling. Yeah, yeah, she still does that. The nice thing about my wife is she doesn't take any of this stuff seriously. In other words, she'll beat you because she doesn't care if she wins or not. I mean, she um, she she won the city bowling tournament with an alley ball. She went and picked it up you know, at the bowling alley and the little things. And, and okay. She just bowls it straight down the, the lane and, you know, has a 170 average. And <laughs> so. Wow. Well, then, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know that about you. So she's, was it, she's at softball, bowling, pickleball, which I think we all know what's softball. What's pickleball? And I've seen, I know there's a paddle. I think, is it like a large wiffle ball? And there's a net. It's like badminton with ping pong and tennis, yeah, all mixed in. That's yeah. I'm probably not, I'm probably not doing it justice it's right a, now. It's like a small tennis court, about third the size of a tennis court, and um, hard paddle. You have two people on each side, and and a, and it's like a wiffle ball. Okay, and um, you hit it back and forth, kind of like ping pong. So, um, and it's got started with a lot of older people playing it because they couldn't play tennis anymore you know too much running around so this is less running so around. courts are smaller Very social activity and you know a lot of people play it around so you know i help organize that um in our area and my wife um when we went to germany last year we went because we were playing in the bainbridge cup which is the u.s versus europe in pickleball and uh my wife won a gold medal there what um, with uh, some player, her partner was a player from India that she just picked up at the last moment, moment because her uh, other partner uh, tore his Achilles and um, 
This is ser- this is a serious game if you're tearing, tearing your Achilles while playing pickleball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but so, you know, what is keep, keep in shape? What is the turn? So, oh, Mike, I gotta stop you. Okay, so you guys went to Germany to play pickleball. There's a gold medal. How is this? How is the league regular? Like, where? Like, what are we on? A, um, we're on like a high professional level. Is this like now nah, we paid a thirty-five dollar entry fee and we won? Where? I'm sure it's somewhere in between. Maybe you tell me where. How? How do you get to a world championship pickleball tournament? Well, there is a USA Pickleball Association. They have now um, the U.S. Open pickleball national championships of pickleball there's professional pickleball leagues with tournaments with fifty thousand dollar purses and up and um and you're all rated kind of like tennis so as you get higher ratings you you play against people in your own rating so you get it's it's getting to be pretty uh pretty professional just like tennis is but i think we're like when you say you play pickleball i just imagine Oh, you go down to the gym Tuesday mornings and you play pickleball with some people. But this is the like your wife is is a pickleball professional athlete at the highest level. She's not a professional. She's not a professional. No. Okay. She's just she's just uh they get they have ratings go up to five zero. She's a four five, so she's sec- second from the top. Um, she's up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I just feel like you're downplaying this somehow, and I'm trying to figure out how, like, where <laughs> yeah. the real level lies. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, um, she also works a lot, you know, helping uh, do elder care, you know, helping okay. older people, mostly just on the side, you know, people that she knows. But so, you know, if she did this full time, it's like anything else. If you did it full time, you'd be a lot better. But sure, yeah, she's still good. She's good in any athletic endeavor um, that you'd pick out. So uh, I'm used to, I'm used to that. I'm used, <laughs> I'm used to my role. <laughs> my next question is kind of, I'm kind of poking fun, but when was the last time you won a competition with your wife? You mean as partners? <laughs> well, never. That, okay. First of all, first of all, <laughs> I'm I don't. She never plays with me, so okay because <laughs> I'm not the same level as her. So I play pickleball at a three zero level. She's four four zero and four five. So okay, uh, but I watch I watch her a lot. Now, are you doing any of the coaching in the? Well, you I know you organize it here in in Fort Wayne, how many people are playing and, and like, what does that organizing look like? How many people are playing? Where are you playing at? Are there, how does, how does pickleball in Fort Wayne work? <laughs> Wait, how does get to a pickleball discussion? <laughs> Actually, you know, there's, well, I'm interested. I don't, I, there's like, uh, uh, at least six, 700 people playing pickleball in Fort Wayne. Um, that's a lot. probably more. Uh, yeah, it's, been the fastest growing sport in America for 20 years now. So, um, wow. Started in just outside of Seattle, Washington. Believe yeah, it. Yeah, you had told. Yeah, you had told me that Bainbridge Island. Uh, so uh, it's and it's been around for 55 years now. But it is uh, just now, really, in the past seven years, taken off. Okay. 
That's a lot of people playing. Yeah. Yep. I think they're close to one and a half percent of the U.S. population plays now, and and it's going international. Okay. Very yeah. Very cool. Any? I'm trying to. I'm. <laughs> how much more do you want to talk about pickleball? You want? I can think of some more questions. Well. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. We're done with yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, I really appreciate the time you took with me today and and making time for me to come out here. Always good seeing you. This has been a this has been a fun time to come and and catch up too because it's been a little it's been a while since we've got to spend some time together. So again, man, I appreciate the time you're able to spend and all of the vice that you were able to give throughout the podcast and and i'm sure the listeners are gonna get something out of it so you know and i appreciate you coming here and and our friendship over the years and if i could just i'll say one thing to people who uh what the most important thing is if in being an entrepreneur okay um is a lot of people have an idea a lot of people think about it not very many people do it and the most important thing is to start, you know, because people will not do it because they don't think they're good enough. They don't think they know everything. They got to think they figure it all out and get a perfect plan in place first. Yeah. Really, none of that matters. The biggest thing is to start, you know, come to the innovation center or someplace like that and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. How do I do it? And and that is what I encourage people to do. Just start. Just start. Because that's, if you don't, 100% of it's not going to happen, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I, and again, I, th- I thank you for, um, this was fun for doing this podcast. And, yeah. And uh, don't be a stranger. <laughs> I know you're on the other <laughs> side of the country, but. No, whenever I get back, I'll try to, we'll make time and, and get lunch or something or even follow up with another podcast. Perfect. <laughs> All right, well, this is uh, Jarrett and Mike signing off. We are broadcasting live out of the Northeast Indiana Innovation Center studios. Hey, have a great day, everybody.